Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, new customers, when you sign up using promo code DNVR, this weekend you can place a $5 bet on any NFL playoff game in the divisional round. And when that team wins for you, you're going to get $200 in free bets as a result. Fantastic way to go with promo code DNVR. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. And joining me here in just a little bit is David Lorla from Fangraphs. And Fangraphs Audio does some amazing work on that side. Previously with Baseball Prospectus, he's a guy who's uh, been around the the game for a while on on the journalism side. I've actually uh, told him this on a couple occasions. uh, That I've taken a couple pages uh, out of his book. He has a fantastic Q&A series where, you know, he talks to a lot of pitchers uh, uh, about their pitch selection and, and some of the things that they're working on. And uh, you'll probably see some overlap or or rather if you check out some of his work, you'll probably notice that uh, it is it is somewhat of an inspiration of uh, my banter from the bench series. So uh, I'm going to have a good time asking him some questions about uh, Trevor Story, getting an update on him because David uh, is in the Boston area, grew up a Red Sox fan, so he knows a lot about that situation. Uh, and I did uh, talk with him before the conversation we're about to have uh, a little bit about the the latest acquisition for the the Colorado Rockies, who uh, have been busy, uh, as have a few other teams here in Major League Baseball. But the news on Tuesday broke uh, just before we were broadcasting, and we briefly touched on it. Connor Siebold, Rockies add their 40th member to the 40-man Roster Connor Siebold, a, uh, a lanky uh, right-handed starting pitcher that uh, is going to contend for a spot in the in the rotation. Now, uh, as we discussed yesterday, there's three spots locked up with Freeland, Marquez, and Urania. Cinzatella, of course, will start the year on the IL as he recovers from ACL surgery. Hopefully, he can be back by May. Maybe he'll be fully recovered and uh, fully formed by June. And you can rely on him for the second half of the season to make a solid 14 to 16 starts. But until then, you're going to need something out of the fourth in five spot. Now, Siebold uh, did have some elbow inflammation and some strain last season. That did cost him some time. But uh, by all accounts, does have a really solid changeup. David even mentioned kind of offhandedly that you know, that's a pitch that if uh, it really can come to fruition, it could be above average pitch. Uh, and I think that would pair really well uh, at Coors Field. We've seen Herman Marquez do that uh, and use that pitch, you know, quite effectively. So uh, Siebold, just he's available there like Nick Mears was when uh, the, the Texas Rangers signed Nathan Eovaldi. Well, the Red Sox signed Corey Kluber. 
They needed to free up some space, and uh, Rockies jumped on it. Uh, they they've done a really good job, I'd have to say, the last couple years of identifying the fact that or realizing the fact that free agent pitchers do not want to come to Colorado. So you're not going to sign free agents, and it may be hard to uh, to swing a, a fair trade, at least what they consider to be a fair trade. That can be a topic for a whole other day. But these players that are on the fringes, the the Nick Mears, the Denilson Lamette, Brent Suter, who's way better than a fringy player. But if you can go and and take advantage of these players that you know some other teams uh, don't value or really just have no room and get squeezed out, you might be able to find a diamond in the rough. So uh, I don't think that it's a bad strategy. Might not be an exciting one, but it's not a bad strategy uh, in general. Rockies also made a uh, a quiet move a few days ago in signing infielder Harold Castro. He's a guy that uh, can play a little bit of shortstop. He is someone uh, that I've seen in some projections suggest that he is is due for a spot on the Rockies bench uh, in place of Alan Trejo. Uh, I will have to believe it uh, when I see it, uh, partially because the the defense isn't as strong for Castro. Uh, I think uh, Alan Trejo uh, can can stick at shortstop uh, if he needed to be for a long period of time. Castro, I'm not quite as as convinced. Castro already does know how to play a little bit of outfield uh, in the past, uh, especially during his time. With Detroit, but uh, he's he's got a little bit more uh, pop in the bat, um, so you're getting more production on the offensive side. But you're trading that in for um, some lack of assurance, if you will, on the defensive side. And we know how much Colorado values defense. We saw how much it hurt them uh, the first couple months last year. So we'll kind of wait and see what happens. He's also uh, the most special, the most super of utility players because he can also pitch. He's he's actually made seven appearances as a pitcher. So no, uh, you can crack your jokes about the Rockies maybe signing him because they know it's going to be a long year uh, and and they need to have some position players pitch. Uh, we saw that last year with with Brian Servin and and first with Randall Gritchick uh, pitching innings for the Rockies. But uh, Harold Castro will be a, a factor uh, and uh, and should get an invitation to, to Major League Camp. Let's clean up a couple of uh, transactions here across Major League Baseball. Uh, because uh, there are players still signing, uh, and and a lot of them are on on minor league deals uh, for the most part. And Duval is is the most recent guy here. Uh, in in signs a one year seven million dollar deal uh, with some potential to uh, to increase upwards of uh, ten million dollars. So he is another one of those players uh, to plug right in to uh, everything Boston's been trying to do. And they're, they're kind of a mishmash uh, of guys. And, and as you'll hear from David, you know, it's, it's an interesting group. It's, it's similar to what the, the Cubs have been doing, picking up players here and there a little bit all over the place. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, it, it's an interesting roster. Will, will there be some cohesion? You know, that kind of remains to be seen. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens when they report to camp down there uh, in Fort Myers. Speaking of the Cubs, Trey Mancini signs a two-year deal worth $14 million. He also has an opt-out, uh, which uh, is strange for a, a short-term deal like that. But I think that's uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, some some injury concerns or obviously the the health concerns uh, with uh, with Trey Mancini beating cancer and any kind of uh, issues that may be caused because of that. If Mancini can uh, get 350 at bats uh, this next season, then. That's what triggers his opt-out. And he might end up staying in Chicago. He might enjoy it there. Uh, right now, he's probably penciled in as their designated hitter. 
at first base will, will more than likely be Eric Hosmer, maybe a platoon with between Hosmer and a young prospect, Matt Mervis. He's not that young, but he is uh, he is a prospect. Uh, nonetheless, Milwaukee picks up third baseman, Brian Anderson, who can also play the corner outfield spots. Cincinnati uh, gets starting pitcher Luke Weaver. Again, these aren't necessarily exciting signings by any means, but they are signings nonetheless. Andrew McCutcheon is back in Pittsburgh. Susie talked about it briefly on Friday. Should mention it again. That's a $5 million deal for the 2013 National League MVP to return back to Pittsburgh. In Oakland, they uh, they pick up right-handed starter Shintaro Fujinama for a, a, a bargain, a steal. Now, you don't know what you're getting, but Oakland is confident, uh, and, and I think a lot of people should be at, at what this guy has uh, and his potential in general. $3.25 million, his one-year deal. He's a 28-year-old pitcher from Japan, six foot six, can throw in the upper 90s. Again, we're talking about a starting pitcher. Uh, he's someone who is in the same draft class in Japan as Shohei Otani. Uh, so uh, that's that's a nice chip on your shoulder to have, uh, especially when you consider that he's only making three and a quarter million dollars. So uh, Shintaro Fujinama is going to be interesting to watch next year. I believe Oakland does come to town to Colorado next season. And then, of course, if you want to visit Oakland Coliseum one last time, uh, the Rockies will be going there in 2024. Minnesota Twins sticking in the uh, the central parts of the country. Minnesota's up to something, right? They're talking with Miami right now. Uh, they've got a plethora of, of starting pitchers. Uh, we know that uh, Cy Young Award winner this past season, Sandy Alcantara, is uh, going to command a lot in a trade. And the Marlins might even want to hold on to him, extend him out, keep him as part of, uh, of a core of players uh, if they feel like they can contend here in the next three to four years. I think they've got that far to go before they are a little bit more relevant. Uh, but Pablo Lopez is one of those names dangling around. We know that. Uh, the Rockies had conversations about Brendan Rodgers for Edward Cabrera, uh, but Lopez is the is the top guy because he has less club control and is going to be a free agent a lot sooner than uh, than many of the other Marlins starting pitchers. So uh, the conversation is is possibly Max Kepler coming from the Twins, maybe even Luis Arias, the guy uh, who ended up blocking Aaron Judge from winning the Triple Crown. He won the uh, AL batting title. I think he hit 316. Aaron Judge hit 311. So uh, that that's a good trivia question to remember. Uh, hey, not only did Aaron Judge break the American League home run record with 62 in 22, but he also could have won the Triple Crown, and he did not because of Luis Arias. Twins, uh, if they were to add Pablo Lopez, I mean, they already have a sneaky good starting rotation. Uh, it would be that much better, and Carlos Correa is back in the fold there. The Twins are a team to look out for uh, and challenge Cleveland there in the AL Central. White Sox, uh, this is their last chance, I think, uh, before they have to possibly regroup. But uh, Minnesota could be uh, the pick to click there in the AL Central if you're looking for some DraftKings Sportsbooks bets. Uh, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Tyler Molly, Kenta Maeda, Top four guys in their rotation. Bailey Ober's there as well. I'm not as high on him. Chris Paddock is there as well. He did have Tommy John surgery last summer. Uh, so we might not really see anything from him until 2024. Uh, lots of upside starters in AAA as well. And all of those starters, whether they're in AAA or, or big leaguers, in camp for Minnesota, uh, they will be caught by Mr. Papers himself, Tony Papers, Tony Two Bags, Tony Walters. We'll be catching them in spring training. You may have recalled uh, he signed a, a minor league deal with the Minnesota Twins uh, there uh, a few weeks back. So 
kind of strange where where Tony Walter's career has taken him. But when uh, when you're as good as a receiver, pitch framer, uh, game caller, working really well with with pitchers starting and relieving alike, Tony Walters, he's going to have a lot of jobs. He's a good guy. Also, shout out to uh, Mike Talkman, who's uh, back in the United States after playing uh, this past season in South Korea. He did well. You know, didn't have one of those Roberto Ramos type seasons uh, that Ramos had in 2020 uh, with the LG Twins there. Um, Talkman does sign with the uh, Chicago Cubs on a minor league deal. Uh, so uh, we might be seeing him again. Uh, haven't seen him since uh, he was uh, with the San Francisco Giants there for a period of time. Uh, and then finally, the the Miami Marlins, uh, they've been attached uh, to Yuli Gurriel to possibly play some first base, uh, as well as uh, Aroldis Chapman, uh, a player that you know has the domestic violence history in his past, similar to Trevor Bauer. Um, Trevor Bauer obviously uh, taking center stage right now this offseason, but Aroldis Chapman has some, uh, you know, uh, has some character to flaws to say the least. Didn't show up for the Yankees there late in the season. So uh, obviously a very talented player still should have, you know, three or four more years of, of really quality plays. Not that old. Uh, he can still pipe it in there in the, in the upper nineties. Um, but do you want your organization to be uh, associated with a player like that, especially when Kim Ang, uh, the first female general manager in professional baseball history, uh, is is in Major League Baseball history, I should say. Don't forget about Ethan Manley from the Newark Bears. That's the Negro Leagues. But uh, Kim Ang would uh, have a lot of questions to, to, to answer uh, in regards to uh, signing a player uh, with the track record uh, and, uh, and the baggage of a guy like uh, Aroldis Chapman. But I'm super excited to get uh, our guy, uh, David Lorela, in here from Fangraphs. As I said, I, I love catching up with him, whether it's the winter meetings, uh, Arizona Fall League. You know, we're going to talk about Zach Veen a little bit. Um, I, I've, I've tried to to parse out a little bit of the conversation from the 2007 World Series, uh, which uh, he wasn't quite covering the team at that point, but he was there for those games uh, between the Red Sox and Rockies and uh, basically described it as, you know, the Rockies uh, had a period of time where they forgot how to lose. And uh, during the 2007 World Series, they they kind of remembered how to lose, unfortunately. Um, and uh, they've, they've remembered how to do that, I think, uh, just about ever since. So let's go ahead and uh, get our guy, David Laurel, in here. A fun little watch party here at, uh, at the DNVR bar. David, we also have a bar here. In addition to being journalists uh, and podcast hosts, we also have a cool bar. Uh, where if you're a diehard or if you're a podcast guest like yourself, David, you get uh, 15% off your entire tab on, on beers, 20% off all of the gear over at dnvrlocker.com, 20% off the party bus, uh, different watch parties and events like that. It's at the corner of Colfax, New York. And uh, yeah, next Tuesday at uh, 3.30, we're going to open the doors a little bit early, get that presentation and, and the announcement of Todd Helton. We'll see if he gets in this year. If not, next year will be the year. We're saying that about the Broncos right now, next year being their year. Uh, but it can be your time. It can be your year all year round uh, with the Broncos Country mm -hmm. Pale Ale. It's got the uh, wonderful Colorado Crush logo, all Colorado ingredients, made here in Colorado by a Colorado company, 100% renewable energy. It's the way to go. Uh, if you want to get some of that, David, you got to go to breckbrew.com and go to their beer locator and actually find out where some of that is located because uh, they sell it pretty much nationally. Uh, NFL playoff picture is locked in, as we know, divisional round. No Patriots for the first time in a very long time. Uh, do, are you, uh, do you enjoy the 
the times that uh, the Patriots aren't front and center in the sports world up there in Boston, or is is it okay to share a little bit between the Red Sox and Patriots? Because it's hard to share in Colorado. It's almost always about the Broncos and hardly ever about the Rockies. Well, I grew up in Upper Michigan, Patrick, uh, closer to Green Bay than uh, Detroit. So uh, I'm not a Patriots guy. I'm a Packers guy. And I'm seeing that a little bit of a sour feeling right now because they're not in the playoffs. Uh, they should be. So, yeah, the the Broncos-Packers Super Bowl, uh, we won't get one soon. We have had them, though, right? We had one. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. Uh, nothing is truer than DraftKings Sportsbook, where as we kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win. Even if it's a big favorite, go for it. Knock it out. You get $200 in free bets instantly when that team wins. They've got the stepped-up same-game parlays, so you can add a bunch of different legs, increase your odds. Uh, when you do that, uh, you get you get all kinds of boosts up to 100% for that. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR because new customers you can make a $5 bet. And when your NFL team wins this weekend, you get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, only with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Trevor Story got the uh, modified Tommy John surgery, got the little brace there. Uh, is there hope that he could return at some point uh, this season? I think five to six months has been the estimate, but do you see him coming back or maybe not? Maybe you don't rush him at all. Well, I mean, there's certainly hope. Heim Bloom said that they hope to have him back. Um, I don't think it will matter. Uh, the Red Sox aren't going to contend. Um, I am sure that if he's healthy enough to play later in the year, he will be back on the roster. You need to see what he can do, how healthy he is. But if there are any questions about whether he's ready to come back, he's not coming back soon. They're not going to rush a guy with a team that's frankly not that great. I think the Red Sox are better than a lot of people here think they are, but in that division, they are not uh, a serious contender, much as the Rockies have no way to keep up with the L.A.s. And sorry, Rockies fans for saying this, but you probably know this. (laughs) That division is really, really good, and Arizona is about to become really good. So, yeah, it's being a Rockies fan now, I think, Probably pretty tough. Yes, uh, it, it's a challenge to, to say the least. I was going to ask you about that with, with Boston because they've got those pieces there. I mean, they almost have a similar roster to the Cubs, where they're just picking up veterans here and there. You know, for for some short term deals, some some on longer ones. Um, and you look and you go, ah, you know what? Maybe if, if everybody goes out and has what they have over their course of their career or a career type season, you know, maybe you can sneak in. But in that division, it's going to be really hard. Do you see them kind of projecting to be more times than not? And all the simulations you might go through in your head, are they are they kind of almost destined to be last place in the AL East next season? I don't think they're destined to be in last place necessarily, but it wouldn't be a shock. Um, you know, Baltimore is on the verge of being very, very good. I think if there's a team that's going to slide back a little bit, it's Tampa Bay. Um, they have a great front office. Uh, Year after year, they're better than they should be. But eventually, that bubble almost has to burst when you look at their payroll and their their roster. The Red Sox do have money. And I think they'll spend when the time comes. So I think the future is good, but the near term, not so good. 
Are they, I haven't really heard their names in the mix for Otani next offseason. Dodgers are number one. Mets are always going to be on in on everybody. Is is it totally out of the question that Otani would, would go to Boston? Or, you know, could the Red Sox decide they want to be players? I mean, nothing is out of the question when you're a large market team, uh, you know, with deep pockets. Um, you know, the the Red Sox just signed a notable Japanese player, one of the best players in NPB last year. Uh, you know, uh, Dice K was there once upon a time. That worked out. You know, the Red Sox have had a lot of Japanese players, so I think Boston is a good market. Koji Uohara was great. Junichi Tozawa wasn't great, but he was a credible big league pitcher. So, yeah, Sawamura was just there. Um, maybe they're all whispering to uh, Shohei that, hey, Boston's a really great place. Or maybe he Shohei can come to Coors and hit uh, 75 home runs. Well, if anyone's if anyone's going to whisper uh, in Shohei Otani's ear from Japan, it would have to be Kaz Matsui because, uh, coincidentally, he's the last Japanese-born player uh, to be on the Rockies, and that was back in 2007, bringing it all the way back around. So that's, that's kind of wild to think that uh, it goes back that far. I know the Red Sox have kind of uh, – they, they need a shortstop. They kind of need a second baseman unless Kike Hernandez fills in at one of those spots. I know Jerkson Profar has been a free agent. Uh, that the Red Sox have been rumored in. I've kind of thrown out the idea of Jose Iglesias. I know he uh, finished up uh, 2021 there and, and would have been great on the postseason roster. Obviously, uh, they couldn't have added him uh, in, in that circumstance, but uh, Jose Iglesias was really solid for the Rockies last year. Do you see the Boston going You know, the Iglesias route? Is it going to be Angelton Simmons, Elvis Andrews, um, or, or maybe a second baseman? And, and you do put Kike Hernandez at shortstop. Um, I don't think they want Hernandez at short. I think they want him in center or second. Um, I'd love to have Iglesias there. You can probably see I'm wearing my Portland Sea Dogs uh, yeah. hoodie. Uh, Jose Iglesias used to be a Portland Sea Dog. I think that's where I first met him. Uh, what a wonderful, wonderful defensive player. Um, like Hall of Fame quality defender. Obviously not the bat. Rockies fans know that. Uh, yeah, I would love to see Jose Iglesias in Boston. Yeah, he was, uh, he was fun to cover last year. I mean, he, he was a little, uh, secluded maybe isn't the word, but, uh, he, he wasn't totally out there and always available whenever he was, uh, always entertaining. Interesting. I, I, he was probably the most enjoyable player that I watched last year, which does say something about the Rockies, but, uh, he's, he's just old school in that way. He's, he's like an old school shortstop. So. Uh, I think he'd be a, a good replacement for now until until Story comes back. I mean, probably not this year, but could you see Story being like a stopgap solution back at shortstop <clears throat> if all goes well uh, with, uh, with with the elbow surgery and kind of you know keeps the position warm <clears throat> until their top shortstop prospect Marcelo Mayer is is ready? Is is that something that could be in the cards <clears throat> for next year? Yeah, I don't think that that's the plan. I think with this injury, he'll back, be back at second. Um, I think Marcelo Meyer, I believe, is the correct pronunciation. Um, he has a chance to be a star, right? You know, but he's yeah. young and there's a lot of pressure on him already. Uh, the Red Sox have another prospect who I wrote about recently uh, named Sedan Rafaela, uh, who is... There were people in the Red Sox organization, and I've quoted them on this, uh, people in their developmental system think he, he's their best uh, defensive outfielder, 
and arguably their best defensive infielder. Wow. You know, this is as a prospect. So uh, stopgap, you would think, well, if he's big league ready and he's maybe probably not, he played in Portland uh, the second half of this year. Well, you think, well, shortstop, uh, but they need a center fielder. So, um, yeah, in terms of Red Sox talk, Red Sox stories, I think that's far more exciting than uh, losing Connor Siebold to uh, the trade. <laughs> there you go. You, you got, you've got, you're a witty man. Uh, you're, you're jabbing here, and, and that's okay. We're, we're the punching bag sometimes. I, I'll say this again. Your, your sense of humor comes out a lot. Uh, in your writing, again, check that out over at Fangraphs. Uh, you, you will not be sorry. Again, you can uh, learn a little more about Sedane there. I love that in your in, in these articles and with these conversations, you will include some random hitter-pitcher matchups. And that's always always fun with, with a little bit of wordplay. Uh, there was one earlier in the offseason, a holiday version where Matt Holiday, he's 3-for-11 against John Garland. Holiday, Garland. Also, both Rockies uh, and Jamie Carroll went two for four against Neftali Feliz. Carroll Feliz, it, it's witty. Do you do you have like a, just a database of fun wordplay and uh, that's just ready to go for the next two years? Are you constantly looking for these interesting matchups? No, I'm just a good time waster, Patrick. <laughs> uh, my brain works in funny ways, and I will sit down and spend too much time looking for things that I think are clever hoping that somebody notices what they are. That's me. It, it works. It, there you go. You, if you can make an impact on only one person, David, <clears throat> it's, you, it's probably only one, but it is me. You found that person. <laughs> uh, so that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So a program note for Rockies fans. Um, uh, I talked to Zach Veen uh, during Ooh. the fall league, and I actually asked uh, Bill Schmidt about him when I got my not-so-great answers during the GM meetings, um, I talked to him about Veen, and he had more to say there. And uh, uh, just this morning, I was writing up that story. So I will write about Zach Veen's speed game, which is what I wanted to talk to Zach about, because he stole, what, 60, 65 bags this year, I think. Yeah, it was it was impressive. Definitely most uh, in the system, most in the Arizona Fall League. It's wild because, you know, the the report on him, you know, coming out of that draft in 2020 was a lot about how his power had come along. And, you know, he put on a hitting display during the um, the Under Armour game that uh, that they had at, at Wrigley's Field, or excuse me, the perfect game, uh, you know, showcase at Wrigley Field. And yet the power is, is there, but it might not be that 30, 35 home run power, but the speed has been like off the charts. It's been It's been outstanding. Right. And will he keep running as he ages? You know, speed is apparently going to be a bigger part of the game going forward. At least MLB is trying to make it that way. Um, it's being talked up a lot. So a guy who runs well, that's a great fit. Um, I did ask uh, Schmidt if he wants his players to run a lot. Uh, he didn't really answer that question. He was a little vague there, too. Um, but... Clearly, there are players who can run, and the miners ran. Um, I talked to a scout since then who said, well, that's not surprising. The Rockies have had players who run a lot in the minors, and uh, they either don't make the majors or they get to the majors and don't run as much. So 
what will that mean to guys like Zach Veen? You know, we we don't know. Yeah, I but I think, but I think if Zach Veen becomes the next, and I'm having trouble pulling out a classic Rocky Speed guy who couldn't hit off the top of my head. Uh, well, you don't want to say Juan Pierre exactly, but maybe Juan, that would work. Juan Pierre, Juan Pierre Patrick was an underrated player. <laughs> you look at his numbers; he actually was not that bad. He just didn't hit home runs. I'm a Pierre fan. No, no, I make make no qualms about it. But he had the speed. Uh, hit a little bit for average. Obviously, had uh, had, a, had a lot of contact, um, but obviously not the power. Veen will probably have more home runs in his first two seasons than Juan Pierre has had uh, his his entire career. Uh, but that's, yeah, I that's, think that's, I think the Rockies are counting on Veen to hit for power. I, yeah. I they don't want him to come up and have uh, you know a three eighty slugging percentage and ten home runs. That is yeah. not worthy of the was he eighth or ninth overall pick two years ago. Ninth, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was, that wouldn't do it. He will have to hit. I think he will hit. Yeah, no, I, I think he will too. I mean, he's he is a baseball rat. Like he's basically an outfield and, and left handed version of, of Nolan Arenado in, in so many ways, it seems like. So uh they, they have a lot in common with that and, and we've got a lot in common with, with pins and aces, because that's another Colorado company uh, making some amazing golf gear, apparel, hats. They've got beer sleeves. David, I don't know if you're if you've uh if you've been a big golfer or golfed a little bit, that's kind of the key piece. Take a couple clubs out, put in a sleeve uh, that you can put all your beers in there, keep them cold as you're going around on 18 holes. It's an ingenious invention. Uh, Pinsandaces.com, they're going to give you 15% off when you use promo code PINSANDACES. You're going to get free shipping with that as well. Bacchus and Shanker, uh, one of our newest sponsors, uh, they're amazing because they're here to help especially if you've been hurt. Uh, they do amazing job for those who've been seriously injured in Colorado over the last 25 years. they got 30 lawyers, 100 folks uh, covering for them in their staff. All of their support is free until you win money. No upfront fee, up, upfront fee to even speak with them. Uh, it's fantastic. Look, it's, it's free because they want to win you money. You don't have to pay a, a cent before them. They won over a billion dollars uh, in cases, and uh, they've got locations all over the entire Denver metro area, Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and now even uh, in northern Colorado, in Fort Collins. They help with folks with all kinds of injury cases that weren't your fault. fault. Car accidents, rideshare, motorcycle, pedestrians, trucks. If uh, They can help you out if you've been injured at work. And the phone number is super easy that I might even have to quiz you on it, David, after the show. It's 222-2222. That's it. All you got to remember is Xander Bogarts. 222 Two two, two two, Bacchus and Shanker always wins for you. Yeah, Patrick. To my credit, I own a uh, a Xander Bogarts T-shirt, um, and I made sure that I bought it after his rookie year, knowing he was going to change his number. And I can't tell you what his original number was, but that's the one I wanted, and that's the one I have. Yeah, there's a there's a Kyle Freeland number thirty one jersey out there somewhere that I, that I've seen. I think I've seen seen it on eBay. That I haven't really pulled the trigger on yet, but like that's that was his original number. It's a quirky thing to have when it's uh, not the jersey that a player is known for. And you mentioned Nolan Arenado. Uh, would I be piling on if I mentioned that when I had uh, uh, St. Louis Post Dispatch uh, uh, beat writer Derek Gold on our podcast recently? He told me that he thinks Arenado is the best player in baseball, the best all around player, or maybe he said in the National League. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. Like that. 
Yeah, no, you, we don't allow people to say uh, the N.A. word. Um, it, it is banned from the – so we will bleep you out in post-production. So, no, we're, we're allowed to talk about <laughs> Nolan, uh, Aaron Allen, and Derek Gould from Boulder. So he's actually a Colorado guy. That's right. right. Yes. Uh, he's a legendary dude. I'm sure he's been to shows at Red Rocks. I have been. Uh, I got tickets for Red Rocks once for $15, and that was thanks to Game Time Tickets. Uh, it's the hottest ticketing site that makes it easier to buy tickets. You can get, uh, if you're going to, like, a, say, a Red Sox game or Rockies game, if you wait until about an hour until first pitch, a lot of those ticket brokers or people who just can't go to the event, they're just going to try to get something for it. So the prices are going to drop up to 60% off the face value, and Game Time Tickets is going to hook you up in that way. That's, the, that's what you want to use for concerts, basketball, baseball, you name it. They got some uh, fantastic seats year-round, season-long. Join over 15 million folks who've downloaded the Game Time app to score the best seats to all their favorite events. Hit the link in our description to save. It's a good way that, that uh, they'll say thank you if you use the link in our description because uh, it's a good way to kind of pass the buck around a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about some, uh, some outfielders on your Hall of Fame ballot. We've kind of been highlighting a couple players each and every day uh, in this kind of final week. Uh, before the uh, the official announcement on Tuesday. But uh, Bobby Abreu and Andrew Jones, they're players who, if I were to have a ballot or when I have a ballot, although these guys wouldn't be on it, uh, I would, uh, I'd vote for those two gentlemen. Um, I don't know if you've ever looked back on baseball reference to like 1935, the ballot. Actually, that was the predates the first year. I think 1936 was the first ballot. But if you look at 1952, there's a list of like 25 guys who eventually got into the Hall of Fame at some point, which makes you think like there's at least 10 Hall of Famers that will be Hall of Famers at some point on this ballot. So you should probably be picking about 10, especially if you feel that way. And I know you have because you use all 10 of your votes this year. I have used uh, all 10 all three years. That's no guarantee that I always will. Sure. Uh, I quoted uh, another writer, the uh, the Athletics uh, C. Trent Rosecrans, in my column this Sunday, uh, when he described, explained his votes, and he voted for ten. He said that he errs on the side of inclusion for the Hall of Fame ballot, and I thought that was a great way of putting it. I think there is no great. I don't think there's any reason to vote for uh, two guys, uh, thinking that. You know, the, the Abreus, the Beltrans, the Heltons aren't worthy because they're not Willie Mays. I think that's an absurd thing to do. I think most fans have their players they love. They would like to get have them at least get the votes, even if they don't get inclusion. So. Yeah, no, that's I, I don't consider myself a big haul guy, but I'm definitely not a small haul guy. I'm probably somewhere in the middle, but in that case... If you're you're going to err on the side of uh, including someone, and you know with, between guys like Andrew Jones and Bobby Abreu, Jones I think has the better case, and he's you know he's polling much higher, uh, and he'll probably get in before his ten years are up. And I think that was because he had he had the better peaks, right? He was he was part of those Atlanta teams, five time All Star, ten time Gold Glove Award winner. I mean, a lot of people have have him down as as quite possibly the greatest defensive center fielder of all time, or at least of that generation. If you didn't see Willie Mays play. You know, obviously, you can only go based on what you've seen, and and uh, he's been one of the best. One of the most interesting things uh, I, I read, uh, and this was in Jay Jaffe's column, also a great writer for Fangraphs, um, about Andrew Jones. Quote: He went to Japan with a traveling team at 11, 11 years old, uh, one year before Hensley Mule- Hensley Mullins became the first Curacao-born player with the Yankees in nineteen eighty nine. 
I also bring that up because Hensley Bam Bam Yons is now the hitting coach of the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, I talked to uh, Hensley Mullins during the uh, uh, winter meetings, I guess it would have been. World Baseball I had never Classic. met Bam Bam. I've heard a lot of great things about him. He was very personable. And uh, yeah, some, he had some interesting things to say about, uh, you know, the org he's going to and how they need to upgrade their, you know, hitting development program. Yeah, that was nice. And, and the, the Rockies have made changes there, too. Certainly, sure. you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was, yeah, I was hoping that uh, one of his former players when he was with the Mets, Dom Smith, would come over. You know, Rockies mm -hmm. were looking for a left-handed bat. He, of course, signed a one-year deal uh, with the Nationals. Bobby Abreu's case is a little bit different. He's he is a player that if he, you know, was from the 1940s or 50s, the sabermetric community would would rally around. And I'm a saber member, uh, a board member, in fact, the Rocky Mountain chapter here in Denver. Uh, but he's a player that, again, sabermetrically speaking, you look at all the numbers and uh, you crunch it here and there, you go, wow, this guy was almost criminally underappreciated. was only a two-time All-Star, uh, only won the Silver Slugger Award one time. He did get MVP votes in seven different seasons, uh, but was a 291 hitter, short of 2,500 hits, short of 300 home runs, but he stole 400 bases and had a 395 career on-base percentage. Just did not swing at a ton of pitches, uh, but was effective whenever he did. Um, and, you know, according to Jaws, he's only 21st amongst right fielders, but right field, you know, there, there's a lot of legendary players. He's behind Sammy Sosa and Dave Winfield, a Hall of Famer, uh, but just ahead of Vlad Guerrero Sr., a Hall of Famer, Barry Bonds, uh, and another guy in your ballot, Gary Sheffield. So Abreu's case, I think you voted for him, right? Just because, again, there's a full body of work there for him. No, I have. I'm a big Abreu fan. I tweet about him way too often. <laughs> um, I actually think he had a better career than Andrew Jones. Um, oh, wow. I believe he has a higher uh, OPS plus. Um, I hope I'm not wrong in saying that. You know, I've probably sounded like an idiot numerous times here. I don't. I hope I'm not doing it again. Uh, yeah, the you know power and defense, uh, Andrew Jones clearly hasn't beat and then he fell off a cliff yeah you know, he, his career is basically the polar opposite in many ways of dwight evans who doesn't seem to be getting enough credit on uh veterans committee era committee ballots these days uh evans was a sort of an average player his first half of his career was a lot better than the second half of andrew jones jones's career but he, he wasn't a great player until the second half. And then he was just a phenomenal hitter. You know, he had a Bobby Abreu-like uh, on-base percentage. And he was a great defender in right. And he hit home runs. Yeah, I like that comparison a lot. My, uh, my Dwight Evans. Uh, yeah, brand. yeah, I like that. And, and I think that if you go back, and even if you are right, and I, and I assume you are, you're right about uh, the, the OPS Plus question there between him uh, Abreu and, and Andrew Jones. Even if you are right, you might as well just tweet about Bobby Abreu again. Just get that information <laughs> out there. Help anyone uh, who may be on the fence with that. Uh, final question. I, again, love your coverage of the Red Sox and, uh, on, and on fan graphs. World Baseball Classic, what's your thought on that? Because, you know, we're obviously of, a, of an older generation <clears throat> in which this didn't exist. So we've, we've seen it kind of blossom from, hey, let's make this more of a world game as it should be. Um, and, and see if we can capitalize on, on some of the enthusiasm that the World Cup gets uh, as an international game. 
Uh, but what's your take on the on the World Baseball Classic as as far as a tournament and and, and MLB's buy into it and the players buy in, which seems to be really high. Well, it's fun certainly. Uh, the timing is weird. You have to really do it during spring training. You know when the players are you know working out, uh, but it disrupts from uh, spring training. You know getting teams ready. So it's imperfect. Um, I think it's imperfect that you have players who aren't natives of the country playing on some of the teams. Uh, yeah, so there are imperfections, but as far as a fan experience and selling the game, you know, I think it's great. You know, but do you need to sell the game in Japan and Korea and the Dominican Republic? Great point. You know, you don't. Uh, you know, I think maybe like baseball in Europe, uh, you know, where the game is growing more, I think is big, but you can't really have teams there. You don't, you know, uh, yeah, Bobby, if Bobby Thompson was still alive, he'd probably play for Scotland, but how many, uh, who else would Scotland have, right? Yeah. It, I assume you know that, uh, Bobby Thompson was born in Glasgow. Sure. Of course. And, uh, <laughs> and Ralph Branca was born probably in America somewhere, but yes, you know, well, well, Bruce Bochy was was uh, supposed to be the coach of France. Uh, I, I could have sworn, and I just don't think they ended up qualifying. I mean, you you bring up a good point about you know stretching the game out, obviously into uh, you know other countries and whatnot. But you know, is the juice worth the squeeze? Because you you know who's going to be in it with the major com- countries, and there's already absolute buy-in from those places. So how do you get those other teams in? It's almost like the the work that's being done on the World Baseball Classic. A lot of it's going on behind the scenes. Like they did have qualifiers, you know, in uh, in Germany and I think Italy, you know, during this this off season or or late in the year with you know a lot of minor league guys and college athletes and whatnot. And I think that's good. Um, we're not seeing it necessarily in America as much. So I'm I'm curious to know how much MLB is able to get those qualifying tournaments with teams like Great Britain or Germany or uh, or Scotland uh, in, involved in you know in in airing it in those countries. So. Uh, a lot of work still has to be done, but it, it's fun. And I want to be in the building for one of those games because, again, the, the environment is absolutely electric. Yeah, I want to see, Patrick, how uh, the Netherlands could grow their game better because yep. with the players from Curacao especially, uh, they're always very competitive. And uh, I guess if you grow up in the Netherlands, you're going to play soccer, right? But maybe young, good athletes who just simply don't have uh, – defeat <laughs> that natural talent you you would think maybe well let's play baseball let's uh you know be representative beyond uh you know the curacao component yeah it's it's something that will have to take maybe 50 years until we really see um you know all the fruits of, of this labor to to really you know come to fruition in the meantime still a wonderful tournament uh, are you gonna be covering uh, any of those games do you know of right now I will not be covering those games. Um, I do need to sit down and map out my trip to uh, Phoenix for spring training. Uh, Salt River Fields is always on my list of places that I have to go. So yeah. maybe we will cross paths uh, in about two months. All right. So so maybe maybe we'll go off on a final note here since you've you've you know hurt so many people that are Rockies fans <laughs> with your words on this show. Salt River Fields. Is that a better spring training complex than what the Red Sox have in Fort Myers? Yes. Let's it go. Is, it is also better than Sloan Park. 
Oh, now, okay, now, there you go. That's bonus points right there. No, I, I love Salt River Fields, that talking stick. I mean, I'm not saying that to get under your good graces. I love that ballpark. Check is in the mail, don't worry, or Venmo. We'll, we'll talk about it off air. We'll see how I need to, to get you the, uh, the, the proper funds there for, for saying that. Appreciate that, David. Uh, let folks know where they can find you. Again, I, I, we mentioned fan graphs a ton, but mention it again. Mention it on Twitter. Bug him about Bobby Abreu stuff. Go ahead and uh, plug away your stuff, David. Yeah, I don't know there's a lot of plugging to do. You know, I write for Fangraphs. Um, I will be surprised if anybody watching this doesn't know Fangraphs. Uh, you know, on Twitter, uh, you know, I just go with my first, uh, you know, first name, last name, and then QA because I do a lot of Q&As. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, always provide great Qs with some great As. So uh, we appreciate that, David. Uh, at DNVR underscore Rockies is where we're at on Twitter. At Patrick D. Lyons is my handle on Twitter. Uh, this has been wonderful. This has been momentous, David. But unfortunately, you know what they say about momentum? They say it's only as good as your next show. So we will talk to you tomorrow at 11 a.m. on the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube.